0: When I got a part-time position at Virago in 1978, I wouldn't have had the brazen hope then that I would become the publisher. But I did know that I had found my home. Once, that is, I caught my breath after toiling up the five steep flights to the one-room Virago office. It was a heady time for feminism at the end of the 1970s, though not in ordinary offices and businesses, and certainly not in the boardrooms. Virago set sail in those winds. My first publishing job had been in another tiny office on Maiden Lane in Covent Garden, where three of us, male owner and two women, worked. It was an independent publicity company, set up in the wake of the relatively new idea that books could be actively promoted beyond the review pages and, particularly, the stories of authors' lives and personalities could be told to sell their books. When I first arrived in London, I had a floor to sleep on in a Canadian friend's bedsit in Swiss Cottage for a few weeks before she went back home, and one contact in London, another Canadian, a woman I hadn't met before, who is the sister of a man I knew at university, and was a publicist at William Collins Publishers. She showed me an ad she had just prepared, noting with laughter from us both that only recently had she been allowed to include the cover price in the advert. Before that, it had been thought vulgar to mention that books cost money. Publishing was a gentleman's profession in so many ways. And it was so imperial. I was often asked, slightly sneeringly, or at least with some disbelief, about Canadian culture. Margaret Atwood picked up the same feeling in the 1970s. She said, in England then, being Canadian was sort of like being cross-eyed, only less interesting. Most people would gamely pretend not to notice or throw you a look of pity and then swiftly escape to talk to someone else. Atwood's rise to fame was a mercy to us Canadians abroad. In my job at the publicity company, the boss sat in the front room overlooking the street, and I and the other woman pounded electric typewriters in the back room. Or rather, my colleague, Fiona Spencer Thomas, did. I, having seriously exaggerated my typing skills, tried to do most work on the telephone. My first book tour around Britain was with the Australian Colleen McCulloch for her best-selling novel, The Thornbirds, ironically now a classic on the Virago list. Soon after, I worked on the paperback of Robert Lacey's Majesty, his biography of the Queen. My boss believed, correctly, that in order to nab the media's attention, we needed something eye-catching. So, for nearly two weeks, Robert and I travelled the length and breadth of the UK to radio and television interviews in a chauffeur-driven Phantom 4 Rolls-Royce, just like the Queen's apparently, discussing, at my initiative, left-wing politics while sipping whiskey from crystal tumblers. The boss was only about three years older than Fiona and me, but it was not uncommon for him to interrupt us and bellow out from his front room, coffee please. When I once suggested that if he didn't have a guest and he wanted coffee, he might come out and make it for himself and even offer us some, he paled, alarmed. He said, are you communist? They always wanna share everything. When I saw him after Margaret Thatcher became prime minister, He rubbed his hands in glee and greeted me with, ah, the socialist. I was a young woman with a head full of literature, waking up to feminism and thrilling to the change in the air. It felt like the time to look for another position. 22nd of May, 1978. Dear Miss Khalil, after 10 months with one of the most successful publishers' publicity companies, I am convinced by the power of the media in the task of exposing books to the public and the booksellers. Your cooperative, too, uses free media time effectively. Even though your group adopts an alternative approach to a publishing, it must sell its goods in the traditional marketplace. If your message through your books is to reach people other than the converted, and already aware sector of the population, Sales, advertising, and media must be employed. I wish to employ this learning towards a better end. It's for this reason I am writing to you to see if there's any outlet for my energy, interest, and experience. Although full-time involvement would be ideal, I'm just as interested in working with you on a part-time basis. It is important for me to feel honestly enthusiastic about the books that I am promoting and the environment in which they are produced. These requirements I see reflected in your cooperative and book list. What I would appreciate is the chance to meet with you and discuss some of the ideas I have about free publicity for your books, and the same meeting would give me the welcome chance to learn more about the Virago Cooperative. Yours sincerely, Lenny Goodings.